What's happening, everybody? We are we are coming to you. Uh, this is not live, of course. This is a podcast, but we it always feels like uh, the appropriate thing to say. We're coming to you live from Los Angeles. We are not live, but coming to you from Los Angeles. This is the Leadership Lean In podcast. We are leaning into the subject of. See how official I just got there. We're leaning into the subject of leadership. We are trying to get a little bit better. And we know that whatever we lean into, it leans back into us. And so we're leaning into leadership, trying to get smarter, kinder, better, and uh, trying to prove one episode and one day at a time. This is season number two of a season that we are going through called personal growth. That is the emphasis, people, that we are trying to emphasize right now. How do we grow? We're trying to get a little bit better. And today you are going to enjoy an interview I did with the great Chelsea Smith, lead pastor of the church home with her husband, Judah Smith. My guy. Shout out to my guy. Shout out to Seattle. Seahawks, of course, RIP the Sonics, of course, the Huskies. And I will never shout out the Seattle Mariners because I left them. I left him like a bad habit. But Chelsea Smith is on today. We are talking about marriage. How can you talk about growing without talking about your marriage? And she is insightful. She is not only a pastor, she puts out an incredible post every Monday called Marriage Monday. And I just find all the content that she puts out to be inspiring and to be insightful. And so we're going to talk to her about that today. Make sure you subscribe, whatever platform you're streaming in from. Could be Apple, could be Spotify, could be YouTube. Thank you to everybody that is streaming in. We're going to jump right in to the conversation. This is Chelsea and I talking about one of the greatest, most important relationships in your life. Single people, you are going to want to tune into this, by the way. Don't skip it because it's about marriage. You're going to learn a lot. We are going to go right now. This is Chelsea Smith talking about Marriage Monday. Let's go. This is so fun. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be having a conversation with you. We go back so far. I mean, I wish we could be like Judah and Julia in this moment. Right. You know, like the other night when Judah's like, you know, I've known Julia her whole life. I have also known Julia her whole life. I I think I've known you since like mid-20s, you know, so we'll call it good. It's, It's honestly... This gets me so excited, especially for what we're talking about right now. You are, first of all, one of our closest friends. Thank you for being who you are. We adore you and Judah. We're neighbors. We love it. (laughs) We love it. And I'm so excited to talk to you about what I think is, like, I want to hear about the genesis of this whole thing, because I remember seeing, like, Chelsea's posted on marriage. That's, yeah, she's, and then, like, it's like, it's this thing that became something that we all look forward to your marriage Monday posts. How did, what's the genesis of this whole process for you? Well, thanks for saying you look forward to it. I mean, it does help that it's on a Monday when let's be honest, there isn't a whole lot to look forward to right. in life on a Monday. But I just think marriage for me is the hardest, most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. Totally. My marriage brings me so much joy Jude and I have been married for 22 years. It takes me to the highest heights in my life. And there are moments where it brings me to my absolute lowest lows in this life. So I say marriage is the hardest, most fulfilling thing I've ever done. 
And right. but I've always loved marriage, always been passionate about it. I think my mm. parents had a great marriage and they still, they've been married for over 50 years and they still like each other, enjoy each other, which I didn't realize how much of a gift that was to be able wow. to just see a healthy marriage growing up. Mm. And so I'd always loved marriage. And then God, probably five, six years ago. Now we had some really close friends of ours get divorced and just watching the pain that they went through. It was really the first divorce I've experienced that close hand, to be Mm. honest, which I realized isn't normal in the world that we live in and seeing the, okay, the breakup of friends, the effect that it had on our, on our children. And I just realized I I hate divorce. Not that I hate people who are divorced. Mm. There's amazing people out there, but the pain that that does to people and to our world right now, I just think it's one of the most painful, horrific things. And so I just got, this is so embarrassing, but I got mad at the devil, you know? Hey, just say it. Tell the devil, no, not today. I said, devil, no, not today. Not on my watch. What can (laughs) I do? Because I'm so mad at this divorce. And so I started Marriage Monday and I just was going to go for a year and just thought, I'll just give right one encouraging thought every Monday just to kind of invest into marriages. Wow, this is amazing. I did not know that you originally started just like, we're going to do this for a year. Yep. And then it kept going. And and it's because it's my one contribution to the world of social media. So (laughs) I just, (laughs) I can't totally leave the world empty out there. Like nobody cares, you know, but. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And so here you are, you start this one year journey. When was the design factor where you go? I think I'm just going to keep on talking about this, what was it for you? Was it the response? Yeah, the response. And I think somewhere in that time, I realized because I got to see my parents have a healthy marriage, I learned a language of marriage that I didn't go to school for. I went to school for something else. I learned this incredible language of marriage that's not scientific. I'm not a marriage counselor, but very practical and Mm. very daily practical steps and decisions to just help people have a better marriage. Because don't you feel like if our marriages are strong, our families will be strong. Our jobs will be strong. We will make society such a better place as a result such of how our marriages are. Don't you think? Such a great point. It, yeah, that is a powerful thought. And I think, you know, Julie and I, just like yourself, we're blessed with examples. You know, we had our parents, Julia's parents, but, you know, our parents went on their 40-year wedding anniversary to Italy together. No like, way. Like, that's just Both unbelievable. Of your parents together. Yeah, you know, our parents got married on the same day, same year, same hour, and their two firstborns marry each other. How did I not know that? It's crazy. And But we grew up with parents that, you know, they love each other. They serve each other. And I always think we have an advantage. I, maybe I just didn't even realize it. We have such an yeah. advantage of what a healthy marriage looks like, which is not perfect. No. It is not no. perfect. But it, but it, but you know what? Any great relationship takes hard work. Hard work. Whether it's in the workplace or in the house, it's just it just takes an investment. And I think I've I've always had the thought: healthy relationships are contrived of healthy individuals. Hmm. So maybe forever I focused on my health. But I think out of the pandemic, I mean. Julie and I are seeing two marriage counselors right now. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at. So we're working because I think for a long time, maybe Judah has a great thought on aspirational leadership. Yeah. You know, when you're aspiring, you focus on a lot of your personal growth. Yeah. But I think when once you get married, the smartest, wisest decision you can make is investing into your marriage. 
How have you found that investment to impact your marriage? Here you are helping so many people and being a model for so many people, which is inspiring. How has it impacted your guys' marriage? Well, we have, we also have incredible marriage coaches who we love, who we go to and listen to and talk to. And I feel like in so many ways, we, Judah and I, similar to you and Julia had great examples and we still need help. We still need right. coaching. And we're so blessed that we have access to that and realizing that that's not the case for everybody, but realizing that that investment, we could do everything else in our life, right? We could do our very best to raise our kids. We could do our very best to pastor the church. And you and I are in very unique jobs that if our marriage doesn't work, we don't have our job, which is not, not a lot of jobs out there. But at the end of the day, our jobs are not our nine, nine to five aren't what we get paid for. Our jobs are to live good lives that look like Jesus if we're a Jesus follower. And so even though not everybody is in our profession of ministry, everybody's job actually is their marriage, actually is their family in their life in looking like Jesus. So I think we have an advantage that way in that we have to prioritize our marriage. Yeah, and massive. And when you think about it, it's it's not rocket science. You know, like think about when you refer to, you know, the science, the professional counselor, but you, you, it's very practical. I've, I find that, you know, when we're talking with, you know, our, our coaches, our counselors, what they're breaking down for us is so practical. Do you, do you ever crazy. sit and, and listen and be like, I'm paying you for this? Like, I couldn't figure that out myself, but the power. <laughs> Why did we need a third person to speak into right. this to let us know common sense? Like, you know what you guys just really need to work on is communication. You're like, really? I couldn't. But, right. But the power we have found of being able to put language behind things that we are facing. I think more than anything has been so helpful. Like, for example, I am an internal processor. So when I'm going through something, I don't want to talk it out. I don't need to talk through all my feelings. I just kind of need to go for a walk, sit by myself, figure out, okay, what are all these things going on? Well, meanwhile, Judah is seeing that I'm going through something and he feels like he is like he's being neglected. He feels like I'm not being vulnerable with him. He feels like he did something wrong and he's the reason I'm sad. And so this is me and Judah, on the other hand, is, is an external processor. And when he is going through something now, you know, he wants to talk to every single person he could even imagine about it. And I'm angry. No, I'm depressed. No, I'm upset. No. And he like within the span of 20 minutes goes through all these emotions. And at first, when we were first married, I would latch on to every emotion that he would talk about is he is externally processing. And right. I just realized, right. oh, oh, you know what? he's actually just going through his process and I need to be there for him as his external process and me needing to go on a walk. That's just me going through my process. But for us, the simple tool of adding language to Mm. what we're thinking and feeling and going through has been so powerful and helpful because we are different. And I agree with what you said, but I kind of disagree that a healthy marriage is because of two healthy individuals, Mm. but I've seen really healthy people have really bad marriages because they never learn the communication tools and they never actually learn how to understand each other. And I think we're so good at understanding ourselves, but are we giving ourselves the tools to understand each other? That's so powerful. It's a great thought. What something like that, like I think what you just said there has a lot of truth to it. 
That's really good. What's uh, one or two things that you've learned in the process of Marriage Monday and focusing on this subject where you go, wow, four or five years ago, I don't know if I believed that. I don't know if I thought that. This is That was really insightful. That really helped you know us go to the next level in our marriage. Do you have a couple of thoughts that you go, this one was paramount for us? I think the biggest thing I've learned, well, two things. First is how powerful vulnerability is. I mean, I'll talk about fights that Judah and I get in about our sex life, about things that we're dealing with. And I realize that isn't normal, especially in Christian spaces, especially from pastors. And mm. I realized because we got to experience that vulnerability from our parents, it's mm. it's very powerful. And I think right. that's resonated so much with people. But as far as what really makes a difference, I have found as cheesy as it is, it's more the little things than the big things. Mm. That, you know, you hear the statistics of, well, most divorces happen over finances or over this, but actually the power of little things that mm. we do in our marriage. The little mm. thoughts that we think about our spouse. I told a story one on one Monday about Fridays used to be our day off. And it was kind of my day to like get stuff done. And I was cleaning the house and Judah was off doing something, probably golf, who knows what. <laughs> and he's, he's out there and I'm just so annoyed. Every little thing that I have to pick up after him, it is a thought, <laughs> a thought. And by the end, by the time he got home, he came home Ooh. to the angriest, Ooh. nastiest wife, <laughs> like through the kids, through the laundry basket. And I was just it's like, what did I come home to? Come on. It's supposed to be right. my day off. And I realized I had just fed myself mm. those little thoughts mm. all throughout the day. So the next Friday I tried to do the opposite because it was the same scenario. He right. still had just as many things on the floor. My tantrum did absolutely nothing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Even though no external circumstances changed, the only thing that changed were my internal thoughts that I had about my husband. Every time mm. I have to pick something up, I said, man, I'm so grateful that he can provide for us. I'm mm. so grateful that he's a godly man. You know what? He Beautiful. loves me. He loves our babies. And he came home to a different woman. And it wow. wasn't a big thing. It was in the little things. And I think wow. those little things, I mean, I'm sure you and Julie experience this too. The, the oh. power of little things in your marriage are so huge powerful. I think both of those truths are are huge. I, we were just talking this morning uh, with, with our staff. We have staff devotions on Tuesday and talking about the need to be honest. And I don't think pe- most people struggle with lying. That's not usually <laughs> what is going to get most people. But remember it, it, when David says in Psalm 51, he, he says, you desire truth in my inward parts. Mm. The truth starts with me that if I'm really honest with myself, Yep. Then I have a shot at being honest with my spouse, but I but most people I don't think they're I don't think people are honest with themselves, and therefore they're not honest and transparent and vulnerable with their significant other, and I think that's a big deal. I so agree. Why do you think that is? What do you think is in us that keeps us from? Are we afraid what we're going to find? I think it's why people don't check their credit score. I think it's why people don't want to go to the dentist or they don't want to floss. We don't want to face reality. I don't want to come to grips with how much this hurts. I don't want to use language of how disappointed I am, how broken I am. I just would rather avoid that. And honesty looks like me being honest about my life. And I'm disappointed about what happened, this relationship how things worked out. I don't want to even talk about that. I'm personally speaking now. So true. And so and so I yeah. I just I dodge that or I sugarcoat it and 
It, but, but the problem with is the, the degree I'm honest with me is the degree I'm honest with others. And the problem, I think, that what happens in relationships is we can't create intimacy. We all crave it. Yeah. But there's just no intimacy without honesty. And yeah. it's it's that thing that builds trust. It's that thing that builds respect. It builds intimacy. And yet we, it's like, how crazy is that we need coaches to tell us to do what we already know? Right. The simple things. Like, I know for me, I hate being needy. Like there is just something inside of me that doesn't ever want to be. And I think we all have these stereotypes we carry around in our minds of, Mm. you know, for me, it's the needy wife. I'm like, oh dear Jesus, do not ever let me be that needy wife. But the other day, okay, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm telling you this, (laughs) but we've known each other for 20 years. So (laughs) So the other day, I I noticed like like Jude is so great and his, his love language is words. So he's so easy at giving compliments. He's like, Oh, you look so pretty. I love you. You're so beautiful. And finally the other day I said, Hey, do you mind giving me more specific compliments? <laughs> I just need to, I think I want to know what you like. Okay. Yeah. And after 20 some years of marriage, I was shocked at how embarrassed I still was to go wow. to my husband who I know wow. loves me and say, I actually need this from you in this vulnerable moment. But you're right. I had to be honest with myself first to realize, you know what, this is is a need I'm having right now. I actually do need to be affirmed in a specific way. And if I couldn't have been honest with myself, I couldn't. Totally. And I, and I think, um, the the aftermath of that vulnerability, the aftermath of that transparency is like, Oh, it's like just this huge relief. Right? Just this huge sigh of like, what was I thinking? It's that it's that pride piece that destroys relationship, that insecurity piece that sabotages relationships. And again, we we got to work on us, but we got to yeah. work on the the strength, the 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 pillars of a great relationship: what trust, respect, communication. Yeah. These these pillars. What what are some what are some traps? maybe even out of responses that you've gotten on social media, what are some things that you go, wow, out, out of this journey, I really realize, like, hey, these are the things that we're just really going to steer clear from because I've watched people fall into this pit. Uh, what are some ones that would come to mind? I think comparison is one of the biggest wow. hits, especially in relationship to our marriage, which so often we think about that, you know, in relationship to our personal selves, like, oh, okay, I know I don't want to compare. I need to be the person who God made me and I need to love right. myself and, you know, all those Christian cliches. Right. But really when it comes to our marriage and our lives. I think mm. comparison is such a killer, whether we're comparing our sex life, mm. if we're comparing our finances, mm. if we're comparing our success, it is such a killer of joy and wow. peace and happiness and contentment and man, if we could just be at a place of contentment, when we could just breathe and like ourselves and like our spouse and enjoy our life, even though we know our life isn't perfect and our spouse isn't perfect and we aren't perfect, but it just brings so much peace and joy into our lives. But I just, I don't know. Do you feel like contentment is, is lacking these days? Well, it's, it's huge. You know, again, we, we've been blessed with models, you know, yeah. we've been blessed with, with great examples. And so you look at your model of how you grew up and there's some things about your parents you want and some things you don't want, of course. 
But then you look at people with a great marriage. Like I always look at you guys, and I, I feel like you guys have been so great at being an example to Julie and I. And you do, you find yourself comparing yourself, maybe even inadvertently, of going, well, you know, they they do this, and you know how, well, they, you know, she said this to him and complimented. It's kind of hard. It's a tension. All of life is within a tension. Yeah, yeah. It's a tension of having inspiration and model an example and yet being content with who I am. I like how you said, I got to love me and be happy with the way God made me. And I got to be content with my spouse. There's that whole thing about Proverbs. I'm always reading through Proverbs and going like a contentious spouse. I don't want to be there. You said it nice because in Proverbs, it's normally a contentious woman. So I appreciate your trans, your gender sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) I was including myself in it, to be honest. It's like, it's, it's not one, it's not just for the wife. Could you imagine? Can you imagine what Julia would be like if you were constantly like, hey, you know what, Julia? I mean, Julia is actually, I think she's the complete package. She's so gifted and social and she's good at everything. But Unbelievable. let's just say she doesn't keep a clean house. I think she does. But she does. What if you could you imagine what if you went over to somebody's house and you're like, Julia, I wish you kept her house more like this? I mean, what that would do to her, it would be crushing. Or if you got off the stage after preaching and Julia was like, man, I don't know. I thought Judah's sermon last week was right better <laughs> but we do that in so many little ways in our marriage like oh they just got a new car or they got a puppy or man they have a fulfilling job and we just cut each other down through comparison one of my favorite quotes about marriage i think it was gary smalley that said this constant criticism creates constant insecurity Ooh. and so i have the power to to create for julia security and confidence. And it's that whole thing. At the end of the day, I only really care about what I think and what my spouse thinks. Yeah. yeah. There's no other opinions that really matter to me. That's what's going to dictate your your success. And we all want to be successful. Can we just admit that? Right. But it's not what people who are going to come and go think. And probably, you know, your baby someday, you'll want them to love you. But right. know, they'll be teenagers and they'll be <laughs> Right. I love that quote, though. That is so powerful. And don't you think the reverse is also true? That constant acceptance, encouragement, constant security, constant encouragement can create constant security. And you've probably seen those couples who after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, end up being exactly who they didn't want to be. Oh, man. Because they just constantly cut each other down. That's it. And you see it happen in real time in front of you. And you just kind of like gasp a little bit of going, I know that deep down they don't want this. They don't want to be that person. I don't know anybody that got married that goes, hey, let's, me and you, let's just grow apart and let's despise each other. Are you down? Yeah. But but, but with with that bitterness and that unforgiveness and those words and the compare, it does what it leads to. I, I, you know, we're new to this whole thing. So, uh, you know, Bayside up in Sacramento invited us to do this marriage conference. And I think maybe this is, we've done two or three of them. But for some reason, this last one at Bayside, out of the pandemic, us being in marriage counseling, the, you know, the COVID was really hard on our marriage. We we were thrown all, you know, for the first time, no planes, no travel, no thrown right? together, little yeah. kids. Yeah. It, it just exposed a lot in us that we didn't even know was lurking. And so I'm grateful to have counselors and and work on it and be equally committed to that. Both of us are equally committed to getting our marriage strong and healthy. 
So I think it was the, the counseling and, and Bayside that made me kind of wake up. You, you're kind of like unaware of how important this thing really is until right now for me personally. And then I go, I feel like one, I want to help people. I want to serve yeah. people. I want to encourage. When, when you're encouraging people, what are you encouraging people to do or to be? What, what What's the encouragement you go? I'm always trying to say this. <laughs> this is probably so basic, but in light of true marriage counselors, you know, the most basic things are the most true. Um, it's just put in the work. It's just put in the work, the hard work every day. When you don't feel like forgiving, when you want to hold on to a grudge, when you want to just, it's easier to critique than it is to compliment. Why is that? Why is that wow. our human nature? But actually when it comes to our marriage, just put in the work, put in, put in the date night. Don't, you know what? And if it comes between in your financing, chooses, choosing between Sally's piano lesson or going on a date night, this is so controversial, but I will just say it. <laughs> if the piano lesson, Sally yes. is not um, a professional piano player and go on a date night and do the work and invest in your marriage because what, why did I choose Sally? Like, sorry, like the most 80. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. You know? Sally, just say Raphael. I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what Sally needs actually is for her mom and dad to have a stable marriage. And that's way more important than the piano lessons. And so, yes, work on your parenting, but first and foremost, put the work into your marriage. And work can look a lot of ways, but when it looks down to your time, energy, effort, and your money, make those investments into your marriage and you won't regret it. And I think, you know, we, we've had to learn how to do date night, you know, with us starting a church and little kids, we would go on date night and we would talk business. We would talk church. And and I, the, one of the marriage counselors that we saw, they, they go, that would be like having a board meeting during worship. You would never have a board meeting in the midst of pra- a praise song. You got to, you know, have the board meeting when it's time to have the board meeting and when it's time to have, you know, a worship meeting, do worship. So we've had to even learn how to date each other and have what's all on the table and off the table. Right. And have a meaningful conversation that isn't about raising the kids, managing the house, or because you and Julia work together like Judah and I do, not a work conversation, but basically, hey, Judah, what do you think about the COVID vaccine? I don't know. What do you think about, oh my, oh my gosh, John Rom getting kicked out of the golf right. tournament again? Hey, what and cultivating conversational skills that aren't that that aren't just managing life together actually takes some work which is embarrassing to admit that we still have to work i'm sure you guys feel the same way totally. 20 some years in still it's, gotta work at it you gotta work at it and that's what i like i like because th- now you're talking about pursuit again mm. rather than just you know we treat each other with such familiarity which breeds such contempt yes and like the julia who you married now is an amazingly different woman in a good, godly, growing way than, totally. than the 24-year-old Julia that you married. But you're right. But pursuing again and knowing what's it like for Julia in this stage of life, in this season, and being curious about each other and wanting to know what's growing and changing. And don't you think those are the things that allow us to grow together instead of apart. just growing apart? That's it. It's amazing. I want to ask you one last question. Thank you. I could talk. This honestly has become one of my new favorite subjects. And I want to thank you. You're, honestly, you're an influence 
to me and an inspiration. Thank you for being vulnerable and posting consistently content that we really need to be thinking about and consuming. It's important stuff. I'm very thankful. I want to ask you, um, we've said a few quotes. Is there a, (laughs) a marriage quote that you go, I really like this one. I think of this one. It's a, you know, a, a thought that I go, I land on this one quite often. Oh, this is a horrible way to end the podcast. <laughs> I'm actually not much of a quote person. It's it. fine, which is fine. I like that. I like your marriage quote was so good. So no, I didn't even think, I don't think I have a great marriage quote. Well, it's horrible. No, it's not horrible because, you know, some people think in quotes like that's what that would be how my mind works. Like, I'll tell you one of my favorite marriage quotes for me. Ruth Graham. Ruth Graham says a great marriage is made up of two great givers and forgivers. And I thought that's the truth. Two great givers and forgivers because you just... You know, first of all, the kingdom that we're in is all about giving. There's just, there's just everything yeah. about our life is giving, right? And a, a marriage that is not generous. Think about that. Yeah, and and but don't you think we are the kingdom of God that you and I are a part of? And I know not everybody isn't, but always the paradox of God's kingdom is when you give that's when you receive the most. And so often it's like what we want in our marriages. I know we all have things that we would, I I need more compliments. We all have things that we want more of in our marriage. And that's such a good quote because it's so practical in the sense of it gives you a path to getting what you actually want in your marriage. And it's not by trying to take it, but it is by giving it to the that's other it. person. That's it. And, 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 I, and I like that she said it's made of two mm. because there's nothing worse then seeing the marriage where it's like so-and-so's working hard and the other one is stuck or stubborn or ornery and can't get over the comment, yeah. the season, the loss, whatever. It's like we got to work hard together. And I'm very thankful. We, we, you know, obviously Judah's the same, Julia's the same. We're just in this together. We're just, yeah. we're going to work but hard think, at it. Yeah, we are. And we're going to keep going. But I, I do want to give hope though to people who they feel like they are the only person in their marriage working. Mm. Cause mm. I don't know if you and Julie have been in that. I know I've been in that season where it was more of a focus for me than mm. it was for Judah or just in our pastoring world. Right. We have seen a lot of people when one spouse for a season just carried the brunt and kind of held a marriage together. And mm. we have seen miracles happen, yep. transformation wow. place. And I even think about, seasons of marriage. Sorry, I know we're trying to end this. No, I love it. This is great. The season of marriage when Judah's dad died and mm. he was just in grief. His dad was his best friend. He had died. He had died a really painful, horrific death. We've been believing for him to be healed. I would say for a solid year, Judah didn't really have much to give in that season. Mm. And marriage does come in seasons. And yeah, it does take right. two people giving and forgiving, but it's over a lifetime. And that we don't want to keep a balance sheet in this season. You know, a season of young kids, a season of somebody's carving out their career, a season of grief and loss. That, wow. that it's not it's not always equal and give and take. But that's why we're in it for the long haul, right? Because it that's will it. be. It will be. I love that. That's such great wisdom and perspective. I, I love the way that you painted that picture. That it, it it ebbs and flows, just as people. You just watch, you journey with people and you watch them have good seasons and bad seasons, just like your marriage. 
And one of my favorite things, um, I saw Rich post a photo the other day, and he has uh, kind of like m- mine says to live and die in LA, and yours says Chelsea and Judah. Chelsea and Judah, right? <laughs> it, it, Rich, Rich has said his his thing. I guess we all have these now. His Neon said, sign, the thing to do. <laughs> it's new. Uh, his said, play the long game. Mm. And I just I I like that in all relationships. Yeah, yeah, and that's also such a rich quote. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about playing the long game that, you know, yeah. there's going to be time. I love that about our marriage. There'll be times when I'm strong and she's weak and times that she's strong when I'm weak. And, and, and that's the way we serve each other and love each other. And, um, it really is a, it's a, it's a beautiful, messy thing. Yeah. If I can say it that a, way. A beautiful, uh, messy now, thing. I now have a new favorite quote on marriage. <laughs> marriage <laughs> marriage a, is a beautiful, messy thing. That's messy. worth the work in the mess. It really is. It really is. To have somebody that knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Nobody knows me better. Nobody knows the true version of me like my spouse. And that is embarrassing and yet comforting at the exact same time. Well, I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait for this Monday. Can't wait to see what you're going to say. Thank you for being who you are. I love you guys so much. Thank you for doing this. We'll see you soon. Thank you. It's the best. Okay. Okay. And how good was that? I mean... That uh, to me, that is some very good content to even go through and listen to it again. Phenomenal insights there. Um, we can't thank Chelsea enough uh, for coming on, being on leadership leaning. I think I think we need to have her and Judah on together. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I think that would be pretty fantastic to have both of them on together. As promised, we are answering a question from one of the leaners. That's right, people. We have our own name. One of the leaners is uh, is is asked a question. We're gonna we're gonna answer a question every episode this season. Jessica from L.A. is asking what 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 keeps you motivated? What motivates you when you're just not feeling it? You don't feel like leading. This is a this is a very good question. All of us can relate with that. You know, feelings come and feelings go. That's one of my favorite sayings by Martin Luther King Jr. Feelings come. And feelings go. So I know I'm. I might feel one way one one day, but the next day, that doesn't mean I'm going to feel that way. So I can't govern my life based upon feelings. Feelings can't control me. I have to control them. Emotional health is having the ability to feel something and not act on something. Even though I feel this way, I can still see in the darkness of this moment a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's what helps me make these decisions when I'm in a funk, uh, a a bad season, um, something's going on, transition, you you name it. We, We all go through those times. We're not feeling it. So we have to live based upon our values, not our feelings. So I value habits. I value consistency. I value work ethic. I value faithfulness. I value relationship. I value community. So I live my life off my values, not off my feelings. The greater your values are, the greater your life will be. So the best thing most any of us could do is sit down, make a laundry list of your values, and then double down on the ones that you know are very important to you. And if you live a life that is led and driven by values, 
even when you're not feeling things, because none of us are going to always 365 days feel like being a leader, feel like stepping up, feel like serving. We're not going to feel those things. But if we're lit, if the foundation of us is led and driven by values, it's going to get very easy to make great decisions. So I would say when you're not feeling it, what I try and do is just go, you know what? I value legacy. I value people. I'm not going to go by what I feel. I value relationships, so we're going to keep going. So that's it for today. We will be back. This next episode, by the way, is going to be fantastic. I'm joined by the great Scott Harrison, the great builder of Charity Water. You're going to want to check it out. So stay with us on the journey. Thank you for everybody that's subscribing and sharing Leadership Leaning. We'll see you soon.